and welcome to this week's Business of Property podcast. I'm Stuart. And I'm Simon. He's remembered who he is. We're both property people running our own businesses. And this podcast is just us chatting, as we often do, about anything and everything property. And this week, Simon, we thought we'd start with a quick update, given the stamp duty news on your plans regarding the property that you were looking to sell and then you thought you were going to remortgage. So we thought we'd start with a quick update on that. So I don't know if you want to give everyone a very quick summary on on what we talked about previously before we talk about next thoughts. I think I have just about recovered from uh, from fits of laughter having screwed up the uh, the intro for you. Um, so yeah, uh, hopefully I can. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, we we talked a little bit about the rumours around stamp duty changes a while ago, and I speculated that it probably wouldn't affect property investors. And um, I was wrong. It does affect property investors. Mm. So we we get a, a stamp duty holiday along with everybody else. This doesn't cover the 3% surcharge that property investors pay on additional homes, but the, the core stamp duty. Can I just add to that as well? Because this is personal experience. It also doesn't cover if you haven't had a place of residence for greater than three years but we don't need to talk about that right now but that's that's uh, <laughs> i'm just adding that because it affects someone personally i.e me well you, you should uh, not live in rented accommodation shouldn't you well it's not for so long anyway <laughs> <laughs> true yeah it's frustrating isn't it that, that there is that time limit on on it you, you did have a, a personal residence before and you you sold it yeah um, and you're now looking at, at buying a personal residence again. But, uh, but yes, it's just been too long. And they're, yeah. they're going to sting you for, for an extra 3%. Yeah, I, I sold the private residence to start the property business just to bring this full circle. That's what happened. But um, yeah. but we were talking about your plan. Perhaps you should uh, convince your, your wife and children to move into a property without a working bathroom or kitchen mm. so that you can avoid stamp duty entirely. You haven't met my wife, have you? <laughs> <laughs> anyway let's get back to stamp duty uh, holidays <laughs> so with the, the stamp duty holiday now being in place and hopefully that making it more appealing to uh, sell properties and mm. buy properties, the house that uh, my brother and i had been thinking about selling earlier in this year to give us funds to to invest elsewhere and then COVID hit and we changed our minds and thought okay we'll we'll hold it for a while we'll remortgage it instead maybe at some point depending on whether we want to try and time the market or not but that's another issue and <laughs> and um and then uh the chancellor threw in this uh, stamp duty holiday just to confuse us a bit more and we've now gone full circle and think well Maybe this is a good time to sell it after all. <laughs> so we're uh, we're now recircling to that and and looking again at approaching the possible private buyer that um, expressed interest before, and uh, we even think we might just put it out onto the open market if they they still say no, just to, to see what happens. Why not? The, the the slight complication is that it is tenanted. And whether we would try to sell it tenanted and limit our, our market, I don't know. Um, or whether we would uh, say that we would sell it to, to anyone and then obviously 
uh, service section 21 if, if needed mm. tend to leave um, it, it might obviously put some buyers off and potentially complicate and prolong the, the sale process uh, don't know. that's one of the benefits of the, the potential private buyer is that they were, were happy to buy it as an investment so uh, mm. with the tenant there is, um, I'm sure you're aware that I know there are estate agents now that specialise in tenanted properties as well. So, and I think they charge similar fees to standard estate agents. Yeah, the problem, or a problem <laughs> with selling it tenanted is that the yield calculation looks very bad on it. Yeah. The private buyer that we were talking to before um, have other interests in the in the property so there's uh they, they overlook that i think for for their other potential what's the what's the gross yield percentage oh now you're asking i think i think it's something around three percent or something when i worked it out before it's, it's okay. pretty bad it's pretty low yeah um, yes because it's it's a high value property um but low low rent for the for the sort of size of the property and particularly size of the plot um there's, there's more more land there but obviously that doesn't tend to increase the rent very much um but the other element of this is something we'd started looking at when we were going to sell it before and then obviously gave up on but now we've had to come back to is that we've got a very interesting back garden history on this property and it used to be longer than it is now and the the a bottom chunk of it was sold off for a development not not in the same street. So you, you sold it? No, no, this is before our time. So this was um, many, many years ago. We're talking decades ago. Uh, so this is a, a development that's approached from uh, a different road, sort of on the other side of this section of land. And as part of that development, the whole structure of the, the land, sort of the heights and um, access points and, and shape of the, the land as a, as a whole was changed including um, the plot next door to this house, which was uh, sort of recreated, if you like, as part of all these changes. And as that happened, the plots were sort of standardised. So the house ended up with a more rectangular plot, as did the one next door to it. Um, and then the development at the end was was a, a, a much bigger sort of plot, which is... Um, more standard-ish shape and that, that's all great and that's been there for a long time the garden is has got fences that show where the edges are in fact walls for some of them and there's plants and and other garden features so it's quite clear it's a garden it has been for let's say tens of years however the title plan doesn't show this it still shows an odd shaped elongated garden uh, it's got a an extra section of that elongated garden sort of coloured in, saying that this is no longer part of this title plan because it was sold off. But the shape is still wrong mm. for the rest of the garden. So we now need to work out how to approach the land registry or go through a process of getting that updated so that it actually matches with what reality is. If you look at the title plans for the properties all around it, they seem correct. No one else seems to have this extra corner of our garden in their title plans or anything. Um, it just doesn't seem to be anywhere. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're, we're investigating or, or reinvestigating the, the process for this. 
there are lots of forms on the land registry related to this and lots of documentation and it's all rather unclear there are certain forms that sort of say fill in this form for a change to a title plan and it's just completely generic including spaces where it says and fill in the fee for this change no, I don't know. <laughs> I've got mm. no idea what the, what the fee for this change should be. And they've got a price list, but it's so confusing. Um, so, so, yeah, we are unsure whether we need to sort of deal with a, a land surveyor or a, uh, a solicitor, a sort of conveyancer, um, or both, or whatever. Mm. So uh, we, are, we are reading documentation and investigating at the moment. Um, it's, um, yeah, not as... Um, not as obvious as I would hope it, it could be. Yeah, it's 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 quite a strange one. But so my experience of it is, I think so. You know, I've just on undergone a, a title split, which which completed last week. Ah, oh, congratulations! Thank you. It's been a long. It's been a long. Where are we? Well, we, we're uh, as we record this uh, towards the back end of of July, and yeah, I started the process October November maybe <laughs> and yeah it's involved solicitors the the one bit that i did find the easiest actually was the changing of the of the title now I, I think i think there is an argument to say that you can you could po- possibly do it yourself i mean i'm trying to remember and um, the, the actual fee but it was it wasn't a lot i mean it was it was very low i, I mean i'd like to think it was you know the guy i used was a you know, under a hundred pounds. I think it might have, you know, might have even been fifty pounds. I mean, it was just a line. However, there was a, an added complication that I'm obviously splitting two properties and the garden. And without going into it, you know, there, there's only one sort of throughway. So although I think I was pretty confident, oh, I can just draw a straight line that carries on the middle of the properties to the to the back of the garden, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I actually wanted someone to to look at that properly with with the, with the right ruler and everything else to make sure that we, we'd done it officially. And I think, you know, he, he, he the guy I've got was very good, just said, look, it's going to take me half an hour. He said, it, it really is just a red pen. He was very open about it. So to answer your question, do I need, uh, you know, um, you know, a, a conveyancer and uh, whatever the other? What, what type of person was it? So the other one I've seen as a possible might be a, a land surveyor. Yes, just a, a red pen person. Um, or... Well, well, he no, he's he's much more than that. He was, I believe, from an architect. Oh, uh, okay, so architect of some some yeah. description. Yeah. So, but but you know, he was quite overt and said, "Look, this is a very small job for me." But then I had to send it on to the conveyancer, who would then update the title plans and submit it to the land registry, uh, and they then requested an expedition of the of the submission bloody hell it's a lot of long words there isn't it but <laughs> but it was because it might have been going on for so long to do it oneself as you've looked at i i don't know i'm, I'm sure it probably is simple but there's probably a number of different elements to look at i think it's probably one of these things that's really really simple when you know how mm. and and the trick is knowing how yeah and yeah we just don't say so. It's yeah, time versus money equation, isn't it? It's you, you probably could if you've got a spare day, or yeah. for something that simple, if you've got a good conveyancer that you work with, they can do it. 
So, yeah, my, my title split was just a challenge because, as always, so I bought two properties on one freehold. Not only so I was splitting the freehold to to to, to obviously split them into two properties and remortgaging at the point of split. Mm-hmm. So to do that, I had to pay for the existing bank's solicitors so that we could split the freehold uh, with them, pay another set of solicitors to to undertake the the actual legal elements of splitting the, the freehold, and then have to pay for the solicitors for the new bank at point of splitting to to remortgage so guess who's making money out of this at the moment and it's not me i can tell you that it ain't me no the uh, the legal profession is doing very well from it aren't they <laughs> and you know they they put legal profession and banks that's <laughs> that is making the money but it is now all completed you you have split the title you have remortgaged and you are now the the proud owner of two properties instead of one. Yes, I haven't finished the remortgage yet, so that's oh no, <laughs> yeah, so that's going through. But it's uh, it's been such a long process. It is one of those where when I finally got the email to say that yeah, you've here here are you your new title plans. I was like oh thank god because because it has taken you know best part of eight months, possibly more, to get that done. So that's not to put anyone off. I think you know you can have straightforward title splits, but I think every one of these. You know, when you look at training courses and everything else and they say, oh, just, just you know, let's it's planning gains. There are gains to be had, but there, there is a, there's, a, there's a value exchange of time and effort versus this. And, you know, my experience is that a lot of cost as well goes into that. Yeah, and I think a lot of experience too, especially the first time you do it, there's going to be a, a big learning curve and a lot of mm. time investment required for that. But, uh, but yeah, once you're on your tenth, it's probably yeah, yeah, probably a lot easier. Yeah, and and there's and and my experience is is a delayed gain. There's not an immediate gain, but there's a delayed gain in terms of you know I think now I have two properties as opposed to one. Yeah, for for me it was more around flexibility, and as I probably mentioned on previous podcasts, just the opening up of 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 um, mortgage products, which is increased flexibility. So yes. I can now sell one of those properties if I like and keep one, which is something which is on my radar. But equally now I've got a six bed and a seven bed as opposed to a 13 bed, which now brings me back into a much more uh, broader range of banks that are willing to lend on those properties. Are you in a licensed? Uh, actually, of course, they're, they're HMOs and they're, they're big enough that they will have to be under mandatory licensed, like licensing, should I say. Um, did you have to update your your license for that or was it per property so it was per, per individual house already before yeah. you, you went into this yeah because to be honest it was they're two properties in all but name in all but legal name so they were always two properties so we ran them as two separate houses because that's exactly what they are there may have been a, a door between the two properties previously but that wasn't the case when i purchased them back in 2017 and there's two front doors and and so on and so forth so as, as like i say as far as the rest of the world's concerned as far as the local councillors concerned they are two properties cool so at least that was nice and easy at least you didn't have to make any changes around that as well no praise the lord for that small mercy <laughs> in in other updates i know you've got a, a very painful one which we might uh, might sort of gloss over quickly um at some point but i was just wondering uh if if there was any update on your 
uh, Croydon flat. Do you now have tenants in there? Because I, I think you said you'd you'd secured a a tenant for that. We have got a tenant. They are due in at the start of August, so around the time of this podcast release. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's good news. And what we did, so although we weren't sure on the market, what I have actually got a mortgage offer. So we looked at a, a mortgage offer. So I have a, a mortgage offer on the table, should I want it. But we've, we're also putting the property on the market. That was going to be my next question. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like your situation, we've, we, we're kind of like, for us, obviously being a flip, the, the, the best outcome would be a sale. So we put that on. But our view was, well, is to let's look at both. Clearly, we don't want to to remortgage because the, the fees will become to between four and seven thousand. I think, which eats mm-hmm. into profit, obviously. However, if the property sticks on the market, well, I say stick. In in relatively speaking, you know, in terms of a flip, if it's on the market for let's say three or four weeks, and we don't feel we're getting the necessary interest, then I think we'll push the button and remortgage it. So with with that flat and your your other flat that you've recently been been working on putting on the market are either of them actually on the market yet and and what sort of interest are you are you seeing from those yeah so we've got the studio flat which is on the market and that's the one in, we've got in kingston and that's that's seen some good interest that's, i think it's only been on a week but we had four or five inquiries we had four viewings booked two of which were cancelled but we've had two viewings from from people that we think were at the beginning of their property hunt at the outset so you know they may well come back so i think signs are positive we've we've put it we've put it on for i think a good figure which is around the market value we think it's worth so we're not um you know we're not pushing for more we're just hopefully going to get get the value so that's good so you're aiming for a fairly quick sale if you if you can then yeah absolutely because this flat will fund our own personal purchase so that's why uh, we need to get that one sold hopefully in the next five months and then the one you're talking about um we've and my experience and obviously not with emma our previous guest but my experience of a couple of assay agents recently is that they're very very busy and haven't been great at um responding and we did look to instruct an estate agent i gave him the keys him or her, <laughs> the keys, and then heard nothing for a week until we chased. So we, we've kind of said, actually, we, we know somebody else who's a bit more like Emma, actually, more flexible, independent, and we're going to go with them because you know, we've got a concern that if, if, if they can't get the property on the market or do the photographs as quickly as we need, then then we're concerned about you know the, the, the sales element as well. So, so that one's not yet on the market in summary. Okay, so... The the one that is on the market, and you've had a couple of viewings. Were they real, real life physical viewings, or mm. and and related to that is is there a virtual tour or video or anything um, available for that? How, what, what what process are the agents going through to to sort of vet people or, or allow them to to physically view? Well, this one, is, I mean, it's it's a thirty meter square studio flat, so it's really simple for the estate agent. They they literally walk. It's got its own entrance as well, so so literally they'll walk with the, you know, the, the the viewing party, take them to the front door and just say have a look around, which I think is the best way anyway because it's it's a lovely little property. We've just redecorated it. We've actually we've furnished it, so it looks it looks really good. And there's no one living there at the moment, there is there? no no. This is uh, yeah the uh, the tenants went a well. 
so so actually the the agent just goes there says look I'll, I'll stand in the garden and you have a look around and when you come out we can talk about it if you need to and i think you know as someone that views properties you know as all of us view properties more often than not we know what a kitchen is we know what the bathroom is we don't tend to wouldn't need to ask anything about the property you know until it's about you know the council tax or yeah anything specific about the, the structure of the building or the makeup so so that works works out quite well so they come out of the viewing and then you know they walk away and have a chat so so to answer your question no it's not i mean to be honest if they just want to look at the property just go on right move and have a look at the photos and that gives them everything they need to be interested and just just a little addendum to that is that it's a studio flat it's it's around a quarter of a million mark in Kingston. And the, the makeup of viewers are as, as we would expect. It's exactly the market we expected, which is one was an investor and one was a first-time buyer. Have you had feedback from them saying they aren't interested? or, or and, I mean, obviously you haven't had any offers yet, but what, what sort of status have uh, those two potential buyers left things at? I don't think we've had the... The, the actual feedback yet so we haven't had the official feedback but I think the initial feedback was as I said previously they're, they're just both at the beginning of their their property finding journeys mm-hmm. so I think it's it's one one of those where they'll just go need to see that actually in terms of price this this price point is is about right for what it is and then they just need to decide if that's what they want or whether or not they want to move out further. It's, it's those compromises that we all have to make at every time, which is actually for your money. This is what you get for your money. Because as I've said previously, it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing little property. It's very close to the Thames, very close to Kingston train station. I mean, no more than five minutes. So it's a great little property, but it is a little property. Um, but that's that's kind of what your money gets you. And Yes, in, in London, yes. <laughs> yeah. But with the, with the stamped duty break, you know, it's, uh, it's you know for two fifty. It's it's a tidy little sum saved. Yeah, quite. I mean, they make a make a big difference to to a buyer. Yeah, um, especially someone who's is trying to stretch every pound, first time buyer or or some similar. Yeah, it's it's the place that my wife bought, and yeah, if it, it was a couple looking around, and I can understand if you're a couple, it's quite tight. But the difference between this, you know, there's another studio flat that ha- that is for sale, similar price. In fact, in fact, the same price, I think, but it's a room. You open your front door and you're just looking at a big room, which, you know, being honest, for most of us would be quite depressing, you know, at, at a certain <laughs> stage. However, ours is, you, you know, you go in, there's a little hallway, the bathroom, and then you go into the kitchen. And then there's a separate area for, there's a raised area for the for the, bar, the bedroom and what is the lounge area. So it actually has the feel of a one bed flat. So you know, that's my sales pitch. Don't need to sell it anymore. We can include a, a link in the show notes. If you want. <laughs> that's that's a good idea. That's a good idea for the show notes. Yeah, it can't hurt, can it? <laughs> um, there was uh, one other thing that we had talked about mentioning, but um, so as not to to finish on a, a too depressing a note. Perhaps we we'll just sort of gloss over it very quickly and say that you uh, you have a a new utilities story, having having invested days of of your time to get your uh utility management under control in in the last few months uh you've you've suffered a bit of a setback with uh with some depressing news you've got some backdated bills to deal with which were eye-wateringly large yeah um is is there any more to that 
story at the moment or should we uh, should we leave it there and and come back to it in the future well let's leave it there other than to say that these bills for three properties came to circa thirteen thousand pounds so i'm just at the the moment i'm speaking with utilities providers and the next stage is an ombudsman so i think once once we've got a bit of a better picture and i'm not in so much pain uh, we can have a chat about it then uh, i i just don't understand how utility bills can be that that big at all anyway so uh, it's yes I, i'm intrigued to know how this unfolds uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll catch up in the future yeah we'll, we'll have that as a, as a as a cliffhanger for if you want to uh turn the screws on my pain we shall talk about that on an episode <laughs> in the very near future <laughs> good good something to look forward to <laughs> so i think that's probably it for for us today thank you very much for for listening and you can find some details and show notes at thebusinessofproperty.com. Please do make sure you're subscribed and leave us a, a rating and review if you can. Otherwise, we will talk to you again very soon. See you next time.